2: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Tommy Dreamer, Mickey James, and I talk about NXT and toxic attraction. What's the next step? For toxic attraction in NXT? Or is it even in NXT? And could they have a new leader of that faction? Also, Mickey James, our very own Mickey James, talks about her career just weeks before her big match with Jordan Grace at Hard to Kill. Also, we talked to Lance Archer coming off a very successful tour of Japan and what his hopes are in AEW in 2023. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. First of all, both you guys, a lot to talk about with you, Tommy and Mickey, as far as what you're doing with Impact Wrestling. We're getting closer and closer to January 13th, uh, Hard to Kill, which I will be in Atlanta for. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I will be there. I'm making my promise to the Busted Open Nation. So I'm hoping the nation follows me to Georgia, because I definitely want to be a part of Hard to Kill on January 13th, but Tommy, with what happened to you and our very own Bully Ray, and Mickey, the tag match that you were involved in and what you did to Jordan Grace at the end of that match, a lot going on as we get closer to the 13th of January.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I can't tell by your, your tone there whether you agree or disagree with what I did. I can't really... I would hope as my friend that you would agree with me and my actions because, I mean, Jordan was being pretty selfish. She tagged herself in and uh, I got a little P.O. because I have a short fuse sometimes. Yes. My patience runs thin sometimes. She blew a hell of a
3: comeback and you got the big W. So you could be satisfied about that.
2: I felt like I was going to (laughs) win. I mean, I felt
1: like we were going to get the dub anyway, Tommy. All right.
3: I don't know well, what that is. My arm my arm doesn't even raise that way. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you know what? It's not even about taking sides. And Mickey, I think at this point, you know I'm going to take your side. It's very. It would be very – would. you would have to do something awful for me not to take your side. So, of course, I'm on your side. And I am on your side when it comes to what took place this past Thursday on Impact Wrestling. Because this was about you. You know, Tasha Steele stepped to you. Uh, You know, this was about you and Tasha and Jordan Grace kind of made it about her. And listen, I know Jordan Grace is your your impact knockouts champion. I completely understand that. But this was personal between you and Tasha. Jordan felt like she needed to get in between that and also felt like needed to get the pinfall in that match as well. So I do agree with you. And you know what? Tempers are going to flare, especially a match where it's one thing to be about a championship, but this is about your career. So I am completely on on your side what took place this well, past Thursday. I appreciate that.
2: I mean, it was about – I felt like, uh, first off, Tasha had a very valid point. She has beaten me twice, and I did want to beat her and shut her up. And the fact is, like, well, Jordan took that win from me. And technically, yes, our team won but uh, also Jordan inserted herself by saying um, she was going to make sure that I could take care of Tasha, pretty much indirectly saying that I couldn't beat Tasha without her. And that, so, I, you know,
1: I was just a little annoyed, slightly annoyed. Well, let me ask you this. rivalry, and I, David. I get it, but I'm going to ask Mickey a question, which I can't believe I'm going to ask because I, I would think everybody knows the answer, but like, it seems that at least to me, that Jordan grace is taking you lightly. Like I feel like she's going into the match on the 13th. I think it's almost like a foregone conclusion that she's going to stay the impact knockout champion. Is she taking you lightly? And do you feel that way? I sort of do
2: feel like she is taking me lightly and I understand. I mean, if you look at it, like the stats wise, I mean, Jordan has been a very dominant champion. She's been a great champion. I've never taken that away from her. I've been very, you know, proud of everything that she's done. Um, And I'm excited for the chance to face her for the first time ever, you know, and and I've sat back and I've watched a lot of her matches and she's a hard hitting woman. You know, she is a tough woman. And, um, I know that I'm going to be in for a very physical match. One that, you know, probably physically is going to test me to my limits. However, um, I don't know if it's because she, you know, Almost looks at it like, oh, I'm going to give, you know, give Mickey her cookie if she wants to have this match or whatever. I kind of feel like she's not taking me as seriously or uh, she just wants to give me that moment, as she said. Give me my moment, which is also frustrating because I go, I've worked really hard. Like, I I started from the bottom this time and worked my way up the roster to earn this opportunity for the knockouts women's championship. I'm glad that she, you know, came out and said, Hey, it's time because i felt like it's time. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that she should just brush it off as if, uh, Oh, let's give the baby her bottle. And, you know, so we can have this match so she can then move on. That's kind of like how I felt is like, then, so she can have this match, retire Mickey James, and then move on to the next contender. Right. Um, Yeah. And I don't know if it's a matter of like, you know, because a a lot of people are talking about the last rodeo. And of course, I think anyone on that roster would love to be the one to retire me, you know, and this is the final chapter of it. Like this was what it's all been about is to get to this moment. And for me, it's either win or retire. And I love wrestling a lot. I really don't want to retire, but I also want to be the best if I'm going to stick around. You know, and I said that to you, Tommy, like if I'm not at the top of my game, if I can't hang, you know, like I used to or whatever the things, then I don't deserve to hold the championship. I don't even deserve to be in the locker room as a as a wrestling talent. And that's just. um, That's as clear as it can get, so I'm, I'm really testing myself and obviously even even with this terrible weather, I feel like I'm training harder for this match than I've trained in a long time. Um, one, because it is so important to me, but two, I have to stand across the ring from Jordan grace, who is twice as strong as me. Uh, you know, she's 26 years old. I'm 43. I mean, you look at all the things. I mean, she's stronger than me. She's probably faster than me. I don't know about faster than me. I'm pretty quick, quick and nimble. Tommy. Mm,
3: Quick. Yes. Nimble. No
2: grizzle, (laughs) nimble, (laughs) grizzle, nimble, (laughs) grimble. You are at a
3: disadvantage,
2: but hey, (laughs) I do have uh, a slight disadvantage, but I also have have experience and bigger brains. Okay. They're in there somewhere.
3: And she's also watching Rocky four and training in Russian style
2: outside in the cold. Well, I've had to a little bit because it's been, I've been snowed in my home. Oh, you mean Jordan has been training Rocky style? No, you, you
3: I'm giving, yeah. I'm making you Rocky. She's
2: thank you. Chicago. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it has peace. been very cold. It was very cold in the garage. It was so cold. I made Nick bring the um, bike upstairs and put it in the spare bedroom because I couldn't take it anymore. I have been training really, really hard. Um, especially because when I look at myself and I look at the last couple matches, I was like, oh, maybe it was a little bit slow there. Or <sighs> You know, we beat ourselves up a lot. We beat ourselves up a lot. And I know that I. Um, this is a big match for me and I don't, I don't want to retire and I would, I really want to win, uh, but I want to win if I deserve to win. Um, and another
3: part, uh, that, uh, a, a lot of people don't know. Um, I don't know if this pertained to you, um, but like sacrifice, it's the holidays. That's where there's food everywhere, but yet Mickey in two weeks, a little, little more has a really, really important match. And it's very very easy to fall out of shape or hey I'll just have this and I'll have that and then you got to you know watch yourself on television and be like ugh maybe I shouldn't have had that but right. uh, these are all I mean for me it's so so hard uh to like like man I really want that I can only have that it's the holidays and then you know that sacrifice and that plays a mental game on you boy
2: Yeah yeah. Well, and even in watching, you know, I've, I've been displeased with how I felt like I've looked the last couple of weeks on television. And I just think it's just like a matter of like things that have happened since Thanksgiving. And uh, it's really kind of shot me off my game. So it's almost a blessing that I've gotten locked in my house um, for the weather and all the things, because it's made, it's forced me to reset and kind of refocus and focus a little bit more on that cuz when i watch my matches as we all do we nitpick everything apart from the moves to everything else but i was also sitting there nit- nitpicking my body apart and i know how much stronger jordan is than me already but then to feel like i'm a little bit soft or feel like aesthetically i just don't look or feel my best um it's really been weighing on me so i've had to kick it in a little bit are you nervous mm-hmm. i am nervous i am nervous I am nervous. I'm, I'm not, you know, I always say it's a mental game first. Like you have to win the game in your mind first. So, um, I'm not nervous that I'm going to lose. Um, I'm more nervous in the sense of, I've never really, the last person I probably have faced like Jordan close to would be Beth Phoenix, um, who was so much bigger than me and had such a, um, you know, had like all the cards in her favor, like in the sense that like she, it was a very leaning one way kind of situation. Um, and so it's an uphill battle to climb. And I feel like I've got a lot of proof and I don't want to let myself down. I don't want to let my fans down, you know, and if it is going to be the end of the last rodeo, no matter what happens, I want to put on, you know, a hell of a performance no matter what. And, you know, match of the year type stuff. And so it's a lot of pressure.
1: I, I understand. And, you know, I think a lot of fans look ahead. And and have you looked ahead at all? Or are you just completely focused on this match on the 13th?
2: Uh, I'm, pr- I'm really focused on this match on the 13th. I've looked ahead in the sense of the possibilities, but I really cannot look past Jordan. I can't look past her. Because if I don't beat her, then it's all irrelevant.
3: There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Rocky three. <laughs> Everything in wrestling is Rocky. I know Denver.
2: connected to one greatest of the Rocky movies. Babyface, greatest Babyface
1: <laughs> story of all time.
3: Just keep on watching it.
1: Yeah. Uh, last thing, Mickey, and then and then Tommy. Then we have to take a break. And then Tommy, I want to move on to you with what's going on with your situation, which is affecting the show quite honestly. Um. Mickey. Uh, Do you want me to kick bully's ass? I mean, I would. W- I want right somebody to kick bully's ass. Uh, uh, you know, that that's definitely true. But for you, Mickey and and, and Mickey, I've I've said it on this show long before uh, you joined us. Uh, you know, you're a first ballot Hall of Famer when whenever your career ends, whether it's the 13th, you know, or or well beyond that. Um, you're you're a first ballot hall of famer. So when it comes to a, a moment like this or a match like that's gonna take place on the thirteenth, do you look back at your career? Do you appreciate your career? Do you understand like what you've given to this business and how you've mentored people and how you influence people? Or does your mind not even go there?
2: Um, I've only I look back at my career all the time and there's you know, moments that I truly relish. And I, then there's moments that I go, I wish I would have made that better or would have made more out of it. There's, you know, not in the sense of regrets. I've had a very incredible career. I've had a very illustrious career, one that I'm very, very proud of. And one that, you know, 20 some years in the business, especially as a female is on television, is unheard of. It's it's really one of, it's one of those things that I, was pretty much told from the get start that was not a possibility for myself or for any female, like most women got a five-year, seven-year tops run on television. And then it was on to the next chapter. Um, I've been really blessed to be able to next chapter some things and, and really elongate this novel that is my career. And in, in that time I've I've had a lot of monumental moments and done some really, really, amazing things things that I wouldn't have even believed when I first got into it so I'd never take away from it I've loved every woman that I've I've stepped foot in that ring with um and have nothing but respect for them um there's obviously things that I'm super proud of and things that I'm not so proud of and if I could go back and change the hands of time would I probably not because I don't know that I would be right here in this moment you know so It's, it's funny because you look back and you go like, Oh, in those moments, sometimes I was, Oh, I wish I could have changed that or wish whatever. And now I don't have any of those. I I just, um, I just don't know what I would do without wrestling. I don't know what I'm going to do without wrestling if that's. And so I can't
1: even put that as a possibility in my mind Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
2: I don't know what else I'm that good at.
3: Or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers.
1: Obviously, last week, Mandy Rose was a big topic here. Not just on Busted Open, but in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, Toxic Attraction had a promo uh, last night, which I thought was very significant. Because, you know, Mickey, I'm looking at a JC Jane, I'm looking at a Gigi Dolan, and I'm wondering what's the next step for Toxic Attraction but, you know, they said, they we're going to rebuild. Uh, they're going to go after your new NXT Women's Champion. So I'm very interested what the next couple of months hold for Toxic Attraction and, and NXT. Your thoughts?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, it is very interesting. And obviously, you know, Mandy had been at like a, a, the centerpiece of the Toxic Attraction for so long. And I'm sure they're feeling uh, like it's all Roxanne's fault, yeah. you know? And um, so they want to go after her and they're smart in the sense of she is now the champion. And so that's one thing that Roxanne has to remember. She is the champion. So she has a big X on her back. Everybody's going to be gunning for her. Everybody wants that championship, you know? Um, And they kind of want to knock her off her pedestal because perhaps they feel like, you know, not only is she the reason why Mandy is no longer champion and is now gone and, but uh, she's the new centerpiece, and they're used to being the centerpiece of the show.
1: So, I'm you wondering know? from what they said last night if it's just going to be those two or if they have somebody that they want to put in because they kept calling it a faction. Like right now, it's just a tag team. Uh, yeah. But maybe they do added another piece to this puzzle where they go back to being what they said is the most dominant women's faction in WWE history. And it's hard to lose your leader. And, Tommy, they lost their leader. So, you know, we've seen it before, and things can crumble very easily when you lose that top person. Because as Mickey said, man, it was about Mandy Rose. Like I, I really think she uplifted Gigi and Jason. And there's no doubt about it. But it really was about Mandy Rose. So, you know, how what what could they do now without that pseudo leader for toxic attraction? Hmm.
3: Man, it's, well, uh, Mickey, what is the, I forgot her name. She works in WWE, blonde from Cleveland, always flexes. Uh, Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. Could you imagine the heat if Dana Brooke dyed her hair dark and went down to NXT and became the new leader of Toxic Attraction?
2: That would be great.
3: Actually. That group would have instant heat because as much as, she would be following the path that Mandy did, mm-hmm. and as much as even though she was a heel, the fans liked the group, that group would have instant heat if a new person was deemed that leader. Right. And it would add to that, and it would work with a veteran as opposed to just giving it to um, a newer girl within right. – just elevating a
2: new girl and just putting her in that place, right? And Dana had so much success as the twenty-four second champion and was doing a lot. And I'm sure that she, it would show a new edge to someone like Dana, and a whole new edge. But you yep. can't also discount the the fact that you know, never say never. Mandy could come back.
3: True. Well, that would always like that's what I'm also saying. Like, and then eventually Mandy comes back if Mandy yes, wants to come back, takes
2: her right or if
3: place. Mandy. I mean, I don't think Nanny needs to come back.
2: No, it's, apparently
1: she's a millionaire now. Yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> Good for her. She made $500,000 in one week. No, God unbelievable. bless. Yeah. God bless
2: America.
3: What? That's amazing.
2: <laughs> yes, I know. The first day, Tommy, she made $60,000. The first day. And I the end only of only things. Week, by the end of the week, she had... A half a million dollars worth of people signed up to her fan time. Wow! Insane.
3: Maybe there is life after wrestling, Mickey. How about
2: that? (laughs) Hey, maybe maybe (laughs) I'll be fine after this last rodeo. I'll be just fine. I mean, you know,
3: only page Tommy Dreamer only page. Oh
2: yeah,
1: (gasps) only Dreamer (laughs) only.
3: People be I'd be in debt. People be asking me for their money back.
1: <laughs> well, you know, but I, I kind of like your guys' ideas about that next person. And you mentioned a Dana Brooke, Tommy, and Mickey. Like you agreed, it could be anybody because, again, like we saw, Mandy Rose. You know, she was a part of a pretty good story with Otis on the main roster, but a lot of people thought Mandy Rose was you know, average when it came to actually being in the ring and wrestling by the end Mm -hmm. of this year, we're thinking completely different about Mandy Rose. Maybe there is somebody on the main roster that hasn't really reached their full potential and could use a makeover in NXT as being a part of a toxic attraction, bringing star power by coming to the main roster. I mean, I, I think this is actually a good question for the busted open nation as well. If there could be that next leader, of toxic attraction who could that leader be yeah well you say it could be anybody but it really couldn't be anybody
3: no right i'm thinking literally dana brooke or natty
2: oh yeah and it's this
3: veteran who's uh, listen i'm i'm talking to you talents that have been in this company for you know in this nxt for a while I could get you to the new roster. I could, you know, to the main roster, I could be doing all these things for you. Cause look what happened to me for my career. Right. But she's basically using these women who are younger, um, you know, all, and also use them as a shield. So they don't have to do as much as the work. Right. And these two women, whoever, you know, it has to be someone like you said, like, I didn't even remember Dana Brooks' name because I haven't seen her on TV so long. And I saw, like, I know she still wrestles. And that whole 24-7 thing, I thought she, like, really stepped up in her wrestling yeah. and, yeah. like, was really, really good in the ring. And if she just dyed her hair and just did all that, because that's exactly what Mandy Rose did. And then, you know, the the fans that love Toxer would be pissed or even, like, Natty. If Natty did something dramatic or different, it's a new spot for her yeah and you know I mean I told you like Natty should either do that or Natty should become like a friggin exactly what everyone hates a diva like a social media diva because mm-hmm. that's what like she posts so much pictures and if she was a woman who was like harkening back to the day of the divas division oh my God she'd have so much heat
1: yeah I love I love but yeah. what about a Sonia Deville you know Sonia Deville who on the main roster really lately hasn't been doing a lot. Maybe you bring her down to NXT completely. And then there's revitalized the tie-in
2: because she was Mandy's partner at yep. one time. Yeah, Gee, yeah. this I like is that.
3: called a creative meeting, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. This like is it. what we do.
0: For most subscribers,
1: good friend of the show, and some of my favorite memories of this year involves our next guest. Let's bring in the murder hawk monster himself, Lance Archer. Lance, how are you this morning?
0: What's up, guys? Battling a little bit of jet lag, but I'll make it. I'll make it.
1: How was your Christmas?
0: (laughs) It was good because I made it home. Like I was dealing with all the uh, travel insanity, flying home on christmas eve from tokyo and got stuck in la for a day but luckily had a friend out there and hung out but i wasn't supposed to get home till 11 30 christmas day night and then woke up at 4 30 a.m because of jet lag checked the american app and found a 7 a.m flight that got me home and to my family by noon nice
1: beautiful Good
3: a christmas miracle like planes trains I and all <laughs> I love that's it. all that's all it could be man
1: I mean, that's one thing that I don't think a lot of fans that listen to this show really know or appreciate like what you guys deal with on a weekly basis when it comes to travel. Because so many times I follow you on social media with lost luggage and delayed flights and <laughs> missing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that happens a lot and is probably one of the, the big negatives when it comes to being a part of the pro wrestling business.
0: Well, yeah, but, I, you know, unfortunately, I think everybody was dealing with the crazy travel woes because of that winter vortex that decided to hit the United States of America and basically disrupted and destroyed all travel pretty much right. across the United States. So, you know, it was a perfect storm in that sense, because originally I was supposed to go home on the 15th of uh, December. But then, you know, the company was planning the final Suzuki Goon moment and the last two shows, the 22nd and 23rd, uh, in Tokyo, which involved that. And so they asked me to stay and be a part of that, which for me was a it was a really cool moment because I was there at the very beginning, 11 years ago.
1: How's it been like as far as the fans? Because I know, you know, with the pandemic and with the lockdown, Japan got hurt, got hit so hard, and is just starting to get a little bit normal there. I mean, what, what was that like over the last six months?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the one thing like for the fans who are actually seeing the product cause we're on access TV as well. Uh, I think it comes on after impact is, um, and you know, they'll see some of the product now and they think maybe the fans aren't enjoying what they're watching, but they're, they're loving it. It's just, they're not allowed to cheer in many venues. Um, During the tag league that I was a part of this year with Suzuki, you know, about half of the shows were cheering crowds, which made such a huge difference, but for it to be a cheering audience, uh, they were only allowed to sell out half of the seats. Um, So if they wanted to do a full sellout or or sell more than half the seats, then it was a non-cheering crowd. If they were willing to do half an arena, then they could have a cheering crowd. Um, I think in February, it's supposed to go back to normal, but it's still kind of a, a, an area by area, building by building choice. If you go to an area and they're just going, no, we don't want people to yell and cheer and scream and whatnot because they feel like that's one of the biggest contributing factors to spreading COVID is the yelling and cheering, um, then it just won't be allowed. But I think the government is going to allow sporting events in essence to completely make their own choices. But as of right now, you know, it, it's still kind of weird and wonky rules. I know the Wrestle Kingdom's coming up and they've got some strange rules. Like the fans aren't allowed to sing songs in completion, but they can cheer out at the very end. Like Suzuki, for example, his has the kaze ni nare at the very end of his song. Well, they can yell that, but they can't sing any of the other stuff prior to that. Wow. It's, it's a very strange thing. And the Japanese will abide by it
1: recently during one of the pressers after the event that you're a part of in Japan and and by the way congratulations what a successful stint in Japan as always mm-hmm. uh you've been a part of some major events you've been part of Wrestle Kingdom and if, and you were talking about with the tag uh the super junior tag uh tournament that just happened um you you know you kind of went off a little bit, unlike very yeah. unlike you as far as dropping some f bombs. Uh, you got you get you lot, your anger get the best of you, and I and I can understand <laughs> it, and I can understand your frustration because you know for those who follow your career in Japan, it's very it's very different than here in the states. And what I mean by that right. is in Japan that you're you're out there all the time wrestling, uh, yeah. in some in some uh, major matches, some major tag matches, some major single matches. And then in AEW, we don't get to see enough of you. And I will say that publicly here on this show. I want to see more of you in AEW. And I'm sure that frustration got the best of you.
0: Yeah. You know, I think everybody lets something out here and there once in a while. And There's a little bit of the, a little bit of a uh, angst and uh, argh, coming out in that one. Um you know, I, I like I said in the promo, I, I I just come in and I kick ass. I don't kiss anybody's ass, and I think everybody can see that I I do my part. Now it's up to other people.
2: It's hard <laughs> when you're not a kiss ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes you know it's it's frustrating when you know how good you are and you know what you're capable of, and you know that sometimes perhaps opportunities are missed because you're not. Uh, playing ball, I guess is the word. Is that the word, (laughs) Tommy? Uh, I'm not very good at it. I'm not a very good ass kisser either.
3: (laughs) Listen,
0: I'm, I I don't, I don't take anything away from my time with every company that I've been a part of the fact that, you know, you're congratulating me on the successful stuff that I've gotten to do in Japan recently is all because the company allows me to do it, you know, and there's not a lot of places and opportunities Um, that can and do allow the the talent to go and be a part of other bookings and other companies and other places. And so I'm very grateful for my job. I don't want my frustration to come across as I'm being ungrateful uh, or not happy with the job that I do have. I just know, again, what I could be doing and what I should be doing. And like I said, it kind of boils over once in a while. and It's not a knock on anybody in particular it's just the situation at hand and you know what i know what i could and should be doing
2: yeah and i wouldn't say like don't discredit the no i i don't ever think it comes off as um dis like pissed off at the company i think it's more frustration when you know what you're capable of and you don't think that that's adding up to what you're doing like that's not that's just you being a professional and knowing and and wanting more and if you don't have that drive in you to want more then you're in the wrong business right period so i wouldn't take it that way and if anybody does then they don't get it
3: is uh are you part of wrestle kingdom coming up i am not
0: this year wrestle kingdom is only one night um like where the last few years it's been two nights uh so there was a lot more opportunity for guys to be a part of it um this year because it is just one night they have some amazingly big key matches, obviously, like Okada and Jay White are, are headlining it for the IWGB title. Uh, talking about the, the crossover, the bro, or open door or uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Will Ospreay are fighting for the U.S. title. FTR are the tag champions and they're fighting Goto and um, Yoshihashi for the tag titles. Um, there's just so many big things happening in and around Wrestle Kingdom this year. Um, and it was just one of those things. Like I said, you know, I, I got to be a part of Suzuki Gun's final, and that was kind of my big moment for the year in Japan. You know, and who knows what happens uh, coming up in the next 2023.
1: Yep. Well, let's talk so about how many
3: it. spaces on a card. Go ahead,
1: well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about 2023 because you All know right. you've you've been in Japan. I I know you did come back for some shows. You know. Um, in, in the fall for AEW, but yeah. you know, you've been gone for a little bit and it seems like there's been a bit of a reset with the company and there it, it mm-hmm. has, there has been some changes, especially over the last few months in AEW and you have a new, uh, AEW world heavyweight champion in MJF. So when you look at this right. new landscape in AEW and you look at MJF as your world champion, like what are your thoughts about that championship? And is that something that is going to be one of your goals in 2023?
0: Well, it's always one of my goals. I mean, hell, I've, I've fought for the title two different times uh, against uh, John Moxley and uh, Adam Page when they're both respectively the champions. So the fact that MJF is the champion right now is definitely somebody's ass I want to kick uh, because he's holding the title. Um, I think he is a great representation of AEW and professional wrestling as a whole. He absolutely captures everybody's attention every single time he's out there, whether he's on the mic or doing whatever he's doing. Uh, The stories that were told leading up to him getting to this point, um, I think are what make professional wrestling so much fun to watch. And the reason why year after year, it just continues to grow and get better when you have so many different companies From AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, the Luchador companies, CMLL and AAA down in Mexico, travel around the the world, whether you're going to Europe and Rev Pro. I mean, you can start naming professional wrestling around the world. And uh, MJF and AEW as the champion, I think, is a great representation of the business as a whole. Um, He has a huge target on his back. He's one of those uh, talents that makes people just, they love to hate him. Which is a great thing for this business. Uh, but he's always got a target on his back because of that. Now he's the champion. Oh man, that target has just become huge. And sorry, my dogs are barking in there. That's okay. I love dogs. excited to home. Yeah. So I think he's a great, great champion right now. Um, I would love to kick his ass and take the title off of him. Um, you know, guys like Ricky Starks, who have just exploded. And I've known Ricky Starks since pretty much the first day he stepped in a wrestling ring. Um, He's exploding on the scene. I mean, tonight's show, you've got Wardlow fighting for the TNT title against Samoa Joe. You've got, what, the sixth match of the trios uh, championship going on between uh, uh, Death Triangle and the Elite. I mean, there's so much happening uh, in AEW right now that makes it so much fun to be a part of, which I think also adds to my frustration because I want to be there. Uh, kicking ass with everybody that's on the show and, and being one of the big names that everybody's paying attention to.
1: Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Balon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen and Sirius XM Fight Nation program director, Mother Marissa, Marissa revis Reese's peanut butter
3: cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.